0: Welcome to The Ringer NFL Show. I'm Kevin Clark, a staff writer at The Ringer, and this is Quick Hits, where we have a chat with a notable name around football. Today, I'm joined by LaDainian Tomlinson, five-time Pro Bowler, a Hall of Famer, a former MVP, and as of today, the special assistant to the owner of the Los Angeles Chargers. It's his job to win over some fans in a very busy Los Angeles market. We talk about that, the modern NFL, and running backs place in it all now. LaDainian, thank you for joining us. How are you?
1: doing wonderful thanks
0: okay great so well Danian, you were just named special assistant to the owner of the los angeles chargers first of all how did this come about
1: yeah so i've always had a really good relationship with dean spanos and his family and the one thing that i know about them is they they have always been really community oriented oriented you know and and so over time of, of just Talking to Dean and meeting with Dean, going to dinner. I always said to him, like, listen, you know, if there's any way or uh, that I can help or you need. You know anything done or anything I can be an asset to the organization? Basically, I'm willing to do. And so this kind of came about over our talks of of, of over the what last year. Um, and so we came up with this role where I'm going to basically be helping with fan engagement and community outreach. Of course, you probably know about the new campaign, "Fight for LA." Um, and honestly, I, I can't think of a, a better. Thing to be associated with in a campaign like Fight for L.A. I mean, when I think about my career, when I first got to the Chargers, I was a 21-year-old kid, a first-rounder, so I had to fight for respect for my teammates, fight for respect from the other teams around the league and also in that community. And so I'm just excited to be a part of the organization again and be in this new role.
0: How do you see you know rejoining the team? Um, obviously, the, the, it's your first step. You know, you, you're back in the front office. Um, do you see yourself maybe trying to carve out more of a front office niche, or maybe at some point you're making football type decisions?
1: No, I, you know, I, I don't. I can't foresee that um, simply because I, I really still enjoy uh, my career of sports media and doing my stuff at NFL Network, mm-hmm. and so. Um, you know, I think being a special assistant to Dean, I can really focus more on building the Chargers brand in L.A. Really don't have to focus on football operations. I think John Spanos and the GM, Tom Telesco, and our head coach, Anthony Lynn, they're doing a terrific job of building a football team. I want to make sure that, you know, the team that we build on the field complements what we're going to be doing in a community.
0: Sure, sure. Um, let's talk about L.A. for a second because I, I think it's one of the most fascinating stories in the NFL right now. Obviously, the, the Chargers moved to Los Angeles, moving into StubHub center, about 30,000 seats. They're competing against a team, the, the Rams, who moved here just last year but seem to have a little bit of an edge um, as far as fan base just from that one year. I'm curious, Ladanian, how you view this market, L.A., as a football market and what specifically the Chargers need to do to get a sort of foothold.
1: Well, I think this market is is wide open there are mm-hmm. are many fans here um that I believe that that we can get to become l a charger fans um and I think you must first you get here and and you have to listen and really learn from this community listen and learn what what they need what what they are are you know hoping for in this community and then the other thing is. You you try to build some unique experiences for our fans to engage with our players because I I truly believe if our fans get to know our players, they pull for them more. They really get behind them, win or lose. They are always supporting uh, our players if they're in the community. And so that's a fan base that's sustainable for a long time.
0: Obviously, there was a lot of love between the players and San Diego. Um, even Matt Slawson, I think the, the guard, made a comment that there's a little bit of false enthusiasm as far as going from San Diego to L.A. just because of how much the players loved San Diego. I'm curious if you see your role a little bit being making the players buy in. Are you think there's some players who still need to embrace the L.A. market because, uh, like we talked about, you know, the, the, the players really love San Diego?
1: Yeah, you know, that takes time, I think. It, it, you know, as players, we really focus on, on playing. And, you know, when, you, when you're when you at a place for so long, 56 years, you get entrenched in, in that community and living there. And it's it's hard to just turn the switch, and, and rightfully so. You know, but over time, I, I think that organically happens as as our guys get invested in this community and they learn more about the community and they start to really care about, the fans that are supporting them, that are buying their jerseys, buying tickets. Um and, and that's how that happens. No one expects everyone to just be okay with it and be on board right away. It's gonna take some time.
0: How did you take the news? Because obviously you, you had some some feelings towards towards San Diego. When it first happened, how long did it take you to adjust to this new reality and, and sort of be at peace with it?
1: Well it it took um it took some time obviously, but the the one thing that I was able to do is is stay open minded on the opportunity of uh, or the possibilities that it might happen, especially as as this thing you know at, at the time it, it had to go to a vote in last November, mm-hmm. and when the numbers came back and and the, the Chargers didn't get the vote um, to get a new stadium in San Diego, you know what I kind of I kind of came to the realization at that point that you know what. The charges might be living leaving San Diego and so I was able to count kind of over time um, get myself to come to the realization that this is a possibility um, which eventually it, it became a uh, you know a realization that it, it was happening
0: was there a moment for you that you accepted it and, and you were okay with it did you you know was that a dinner with Dean or was that just thinking about it how, how did you sort of uh, how did the, the hurt go away I guess
1: Well, it was about um, really talking to Dean and his family. And I I saw and, you know, I had a conversation with him a number of times about how that tore him up. You know, he was really hurt by it. He did not want to leave San Diego. Um, And so I realized that, hey, we're all going through the same thing. We're all kind of in this this morning uh, stage, if you will. And so... um, I think after talking to Dean and his family, and then truly coming to grips, like okay, it's happening. What's next? You just kind of, you know, you you kind of roll with the punches and, and you kind of, you know, accept it. You you accept it that that is happening, and you try to make the best of it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, you know, just looking at the team, obviously winning this year would be so important to establishing a foothold in, in the market. How far away do you think the Chargers are? I mean, it's interesting, you know, quarterback is so much of, of being a good team, and, and the Chargers are set there. Obviously, they have great young players. What needs to happen for them to have a solid 2017?
1: Well, I think we have the personnel for one. Um, for us, it's about. Stand healthy that's the the most important thing is having our best players available um but also with with our new coach anthony lynn uh, i think it's about understanding his philosophy and kind of changing that culture um to to represent you know what he's about and kind of the way the brand of football that he wants to play um now, certainly we play in a really tough division now, there's no mistake about that, but if you look at those games last year, even with the number of injuries that that we had, we were in every game. you know we had a chance to win those games and could have easily won six, seven, eight more games and so that's encouraging um I don't think it's gonna take long, honestly, for um the l a chargers to to make that transition to being a winning team again.
0: You know, uh, just, just your thoughts on some of the, the, the more general stuff about your career and how it would translate in today's game. Because I'm fascinated by it. I think you were really one of the um, most versatile players in the NFL, and now it seems like after you, so many players became versatile and, and, and running backs. And, you know, I think more more running backs went out for a route, a passing route last year than any, any uh, year in the history of the NFL. I'm curious, if you were playing now, if you were 26, 27 now, what do you think your style of play would look like? Because teams have gone away from sort of a pure, a pure running game and into more of a versatile game. How how would you play right now if you were in your prime right now?
1: I think it depends on the offense. I was a guy that um, I believe that I can do whatever was asked of me. Um, and so, you know, in today's game, I think because players, running backs in specific, doesn't. Do everything you don't get guys like like that anymore there's a couple obviously david johnson um comes to mind of a guy that still does everything um but those guys are uh far and few in between so you have guys that rotate a lot guys that are specialists now they first and second down running back and then there's a third down running back i still believe that in any offense I could have played in and I, I would have been a premier player. Well
0: what what has been the biggest change from from your retirement now and to now? Because the the league has changed so much. Just the you know, even on a given play, it looks like a totally different sport in some cases, um, from five years ago, just how spread out everything is, just the, the roles of different players. Is there something you can pinpoint um that, that has really changed since you left the game with Daniel?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, during the time I played you had about Fifteen guys that had over three hundred carries yeah. in 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 a year. Now you might get one or two guys if that that approaches three hundred carries in a year. That's that's you know obviously that's totally changed. And also this this whole uh, pistol formation, yeah. you know, a lot of shotgun stuff. Now um, that wasn't as prevalent. Uh, when I played, certainly the pistol wasn't even – teams weren't even doing a pistol uh, formation whenever I played.
0: You had 300 carries, I think, from the time you were 22 until you were 29, I think, and you had your last 1,000-yard season when you were 29 years old. Do you think that the 300-yard carries and all that, do you think that that sort of shortened guys' careers back then? Um, and do you do you wish that you had played a little bit now just in the sense that you would have gotten maybe 100 less carries per season, Lavinia?
1: Not at all. I I mean, I played 11 years, um, and it was just enough. Uh, I played 11 years and never had a surgery. And so, you know, when you think about about that fact, uh, not many players can say that. And so, you know, I I think it really, you know, times are always going to change. You know, football will continue to evolve. But there's no no true, um, I guess, fact that, if a guy plays less he can last longer if, if that makes sense you know exactly. we don't know at this point that if a guy only gets 200 carries that he he's going to play for 15 years right right
0: i'm curious well so dane you know I, I think the first time i spoke to you i was covering the jets about 6 years ago and we we spoke and it was before your training regimen i think it was about 5 or 6 a.m. you got up legendarily early um and and you would work out and 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 you know your your workout routine became the stuff of legend after you retire do you still wake up that early and work out? Do you do you take it easy? Do you have more ice cream? I mean what what do you do um <laughs> yeah. what when when you go from sort of uh, 100 to 0 as far as as far as training <laughs> and workout goes?
1: Yeah, so uh I still wake up early, but now it's about cooking breakfast for my kids before <laughs> they go to school. That's that's what waking up early is about and then I go to the gym so I still you know wake up early to do all that and I still I still love to work out still have you know a great training regimen with a trainer and so um you know I I try not to change too much and you know when you work out so long and it's, it becomes a way of life it's hard to just stop doing it i mean I don't I don't know how players retire and they don't do anything no working out and and they just get fat you know i just i i that can never be me
0: uh last thing i want to talk about it's sort of the news of the nfl right now and it's colin kaepernick i you know you spoke to uh to tmz about him a couple of months ago and said that uh the fact that he's going to stand next year if, if he plays for a team has nothing to do with you know the the, the contract status and all that I'm curious, you know, there's so much talk about maybe Kaepernick's being blackballed, maybe he's not, maybe it's just team decisions, and and that's why he's unsigned. How do you feel about the Kaepernick situation? Do you think he's sort of getting a bad rap?
1: You know, I I don't know. I mean, you know, does that conversation come up in in team meetings? I'm sure it does, uh, you know, in terms of, what you're, what you're getting, all the things you're gonna have to digest when you sign Colin, um, and so that's something that has to be talked about. Now, you know, I think the fact that Colin hasn't been the same player that we've seen years ago, that also has a little bit to do with it. So I think it's, it's kind of this, you know, as they say, kind of the perfect storm. You have Colin with his stance, but also he's not he hasn't played as good as he used to and so all of that has a little bit to do with him not being signed but i will say i think there is a point where teams will there there, there is going to be someone that signs him because i believe he's still an asset he still can be a viable option at the quarterback position
0: well daniel thompson will get you out on this one uh you know you're trying to build the, the chargers brand in, in la what's the first thing you're going to do um to, to, to start establishing that
1: Well, I think we have to start to create some programs um, to engage with our fans, you know, for our fans to truly get to know our players. Um, But, you know, we're still talking about that. This is the first day, and and we're just starting to have meetings about it. Um, But I'm sure we're going to be having a couple of events pretty soon.
0: Daniel, thanks for joining us.
1: All right, thank you.